You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the Seminole Wrap Podcast. The first of August, finally, football season is here. The, the Florida State plays football this month. Isn't that exciting? How about that? We're finally here. <laughs> uh, camp week one in the books now. So uh, that's going to be our, our, our main focus for today, I think. We're going to talk uh, the weekend that was in recruiting, which was pretty important. It's, it's had a lot of guys on campus and, and Landed a couple of big guys, uh, so we'll go through that, or I guess one big guy and one transfer for this year. We'll, we'll talk through it. Uh, and then the first week of camp, we've got Tommy Muir in for John. No John this week. He's, he's taking the week off. We gave him a break. Old guy's got to rest for the year start. So we'll turn to Tommy and rotate in since he's been out at, at uh, camp all week. Give us some observations. And then, of course, Max is here with me as always. I'm Brian Peller. Didn't say my own name, but that's okay. Max Escarpio, Brian Peller, and you know the crew by now. Uh, I do want to start our producer, Perry. Uh, and he's also the site guy just got engaged this weekend, which I think is probably the biggest news in, in Florida state world. He's a, she's a Gators, but that's, uh, that's okay. We'll allow it. I guess she allows him to do this stuff. So congrats to them while we're here. Uh, but Tommy, man, thanks for coming on with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It's always, always a blast. Always a blast to get to talk to you guys. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, I think we're, we're working on some new ways to kind of probably rotate the the eyes that are there at practice in pretty often especially trying to do it more during the season so hopefully we'll see you around here a little more often if you've got the time to do so but uh while you're out there week one of, of camp I assume everything looks great and we won't have a ton to talk about uh, but uh I guess <laughs> you know just I'll start with a pretty pretty easy one just general observations what are you seeing out there how's it going well um the energy of the team is is there. And I think that's one of the most exciting parts to see them like, you know, put on, 
well, I mean, they're only in top pads. They're only in shorter pads right now, but the real pads come on Tuesday. But just to see it, to see them come and bring like the energy and the competition and everyone's getting chippy. And, you know, you have guys like Jared verse that come in, they come into the gates, just screaming, like, like he's <laughs> amping everybody up. And I think that's a, that's a good sign. It seems like they're all cohesive and they're not, it's not bad energy when they, when they go at it, it's just competitive energy. And I, I think that's a, that's one of the major takeaways I've seen aside from the first day, like the first day, it was kind of like doing the rust, getting off the rust. And then it just went like, skyrocketed well that's good yeah was it, that'd be different than, than years past i assume right yeah it's it was different than spring <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they look a lot more put together than spring than that's they were good. Spring. who uh you mentioned verse has been kind of kind of vocal who, who have been a kind of the leaders out there um I, I mean you would say verse you know travis um helton I, i've seen like um tatum bethune like go around and like kind of like um talk to talk to his teammates you know give him high fives and stuff like that he's he's pretty much out there Shaheen Brown you know he's the young guy but he's he's always trying to coach or help, help coach the younger guys or in, and even the receivers too and he was doing that in the camps that we were that we had earlier earlier this year so so that's always fun to see um I would say there's more, but those are the ones that first come to mind. Well, that's good. I, and, you know, and I think you've got some names in there that, that are not, that are expected, right? I mean, Jordan Travis isn't expected, you you would assume, and, and we'll, I'll come back to him in a second. But, you know, to see a guy like Verse, and and you mentioned some of the younger guy, other younger guys that are that are being vocal, but I think that speaks to, and, and John's not here, so I'll say it, the, the <laughs> growth of this roster where you, when you're adding the young guys who want to come in and battle and fight and scrap, like that's, that's great. You know, it, you, you, you have the younger guys on the roster being the ones who are willing to fight, you know? And I, and I think that's, that's great. If you can have those guys pushing and driving, you know, you feel good about your experience. And if your younger guys are doing that, that's pretty cool. Especially for a guy like verse who just transfers in and you know, he needs to fill a big role. It feels like he knows, it, right. That seems, that's kind of seems like the vibe he's given off then. I was thinking about this on the drive home. Cause we, we talked to him and um, he's got, He's got this like playful confidence about him. And I, I really do like that. Uh, I mean, who knows if that's going to translate over? It does, you know, on the practice field, but he's, he's got a good vibe about him where it's, he knows he's good and he knows he's going to be good. So that, I mean, yeah. And then it's, it's, I think we were talking about it in the group chat the other day, Max, and I think you were even part of it. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to ask a guy to come in and be Jermaine Johnson, but if he's got the confidence, that obviously helps out, right? Right, Max? Jesus, I just ate my tongue there. <laughs> do, you th- do you think that, that weight of Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas is, like, on his shoulders or he doesn't even think about it? I don't think he even thinks about it. I think he wants to be the best player that he can be at FSU. Um, I'm, Go ahead. I'm, I'm sure that um, – I'm sure that – People think about it, but I don't think that's on his mind. Him and like McClendon are they're trying to build like their own stamp on FSU, you know, behind Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas. Yeah. And and talking about McClendon, I had two breakout players in mind in the spring. And when I saw them, I really wanted to see what they were going to do in the fall camp and see what they were going to do next season, which are Malik McClain and Derek McClendon. What have you seen from them? Um McClain 
I think is going to be one of the more reliable receivers. He, I've seen him bail out the offense on a few different times during camp where they were just, you couldn't get anything going. And then all of a sudden it was McLean like high pointing between two defenders and, you know, it was a first down and the offense moved. I think that he's going to be, he's taken another step and I think he's going to be a pretty good receiver for Florida state this year. Um, McClendon, same as spring, you know, he's, he's fast. He's fast off his, he's fast off the line. He's got, he's got good hands. You know, he can get to the quarterback. Um, on the edge, I think Byron Turner is starting to emerge as somebody that 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 is going to be impactful in the rotation on the defensive line. What do you think they did throughout this? Like, because I know they a lot of them practiced with each other and they did a couple like team bonding skills. But how important do you think what they did in the summer has translated to what they're doing right now in the fall camp? I think it made them more cohesive. Um, they definitely get, they definitely added some weight. That was a big. That was a big note. That's one thing I noticed that first day was just like the body type changes that happened over the summer. So I think that whatever they were doing, player run workouts, you know, I think it, it helped, you know, it, it, it definitely helped them get their more in more physical shape, getting, getting looking like Florida state football players. Well, we, we, I wanted to jump back to Jordan Travis. I, we've talked about it a few times on the podcast, his first, I guess, real year knowing he's the quarterback. How how has he – I'm not really worried about how he looks throwing the ball or whatever. Just, I guess, what's his demeanor like? You mentioned him as a leader, but how is he interacting with guys? How is he – is he a part of even coaching up defenses? Is it offensive focus? Like, how is he when he's out there? He is – he will go, like – even. we'll just use today for an example. Um, I think it was Pittman. It was either Pittman or Douglas, but <laughs> – he ran his route too tight and Jordan Travis immediately ran over there. And, was, and I heard him talking They were, he was like, dude, you can't do that. The safety's going to come over. You gotta, you gotta do this. And, you know, you know, he's, that's what he does. He kind of helps the receivers and all the players really get better. I think this afternoon, he, Kalen Deloach tried to rush him because he had sacked him a few plays before. And, Jordan Travis just like broke out to the side and Kalen Deloach was on the ground. And as he's running to the first down, he's like pointing at Kalen Deloach, like, nope, not this time. Not this time. <laughs> I, I I think that's something that that's that speaks to, and I really like hearing the same thing about Jordan, uh Jared Verse. Uh, I should say, you know, that that level of confidence that I feel like this team needs, right? It seems like what they what they need to have. And Max, I loved your question about Malik or Malik McLean that the uh Led, I felt like I could feel John's presence re- return to the Zoom. He's been <laughs> begging for Malik to pop for the last two years. We've been doing this. Oh, anybody else you were wanting to ask about Max? I get, I mean, those two have been like I've really wanted to see what they were going to do. I obviously the unicorn, the six seven receiver. How has he done, Johnny Wilson? He um <laughs> the unicorn. I like it. He's been up and down. I think his best practice was on Friday. You know, he was catching multiple balls and, you know, just being a really good wide receiver blocking. He has a big body. Um, I think that more time in the system is going to help him out. Being that guy that you can, you know, rely on throwing the ball to and him catching it as aside from just him being a good blocker, which is important. But I think more time getting uh, chemistry with the quarterbacks it will do him well throughout fall camp. 
Yeah, so you're talking about chemistry, and one of those chemistry guys has been Dylan Gibbons throughout his whole entire time that he's been here. Have you seen kind of the offensive line of how they've put people at different positions and maybe if one person is going to be a solid starter there or they don't know yet, like the different depths? I think they have their depth chart in mind. Gibbons was saying in an interview that he's happy that they have the third string, a solid third string room or the three deep so they can rotate, keep rotating people. And they have, they have enough depth now that that they're not going to get tired. And I think Julian Armella has definitely stood out today. I know at least because he was opening holes, like just for, for the, for the run game. I saw him a couple of times, but you know, he's going to be a, that that guy's going to be really good. He's already good, but he's going to be really good. I think. I think that's what you like to hear that, that there are guys, we talked about it a few weeks ago, the trenches were getting rebuilt and you can hear these young guys coming in and already popping in practice is, is, and probably music to everybody's ears. Are, are there other position battles you're watching, uh, maybe secondary-wise or, or anywhere else on the field? <clears throat> um, Azrael Thomas, uh, he was pretty much the star of today as far as the defense goes. Everyone did. Everyone had a pretty good practice, but he was kind of like all over the place. Like he was coming across the field, you know, saving runs. He was intercepting balls. Like he was great in coverage. So I, I think the what resonates resonates throughout is true about him because other news sites are saying this too that, that it was his best day, pretty much. So I, I think that that resonates what what is actually happening. Yeah, I talked to them before about I talked to Brian, I talked to John about it that some of the big steps in the secondary that's going to take next year is if a Mario Cooper is going to be consistent and if he can be a starter. And also the next step that Akeem Dent's going to take, because he talked about it in the spring and he had a good spring ball. So we'll see what he can do. Has they Have they shown anything this throughout the fall camp? It, it's hard. Well, it's hard because I'm talking about all these new guys, but I'm, I'm leaving out the older guys because it kind of just like, to me, that's expected that they're good, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they're they're doing great. They're um, The reason why these new guys are standing out is because I haven't really – we haven't seen a lot of them. And, you know, it, it, when they make these big plays, you're like, oh, wow, who was that? Instead of, oh, that was Akeem Dent doing his thing. You know? It, <laughs> so, it, but yeah, uh, Akeem, he's, he's doing good. Um, Rodney Hill, Rodney Hill's doing pretty good as far as like, you know, a new guy. And Duffy had, Duffy had his best practice today, I think, as far as throwing the ball. He normally just tucks and runs. But I think he's the game's starting to slow down for him. And, you know, he's making these nice passes. How's that quarterback room looking? Because, I mean, Tate's, Tate did okay in the spring. A lot of people said he did good. But is A.J. coming back in again? I don't want to put all my eggs in, like, one basket for one practice. But if he continues to to play like that, I think you've got a solid backup. Yeah, AJ Duffy. It's just one practice though that he did that he's trying. So I kind of want to wait and see if he can string a few together, you know, and start getting the feel of of the game and have it slow down for him because he can move. Yeah, he, he throws threw the ball well today. No, we talked about it in the spring because I remember I looked at Tommy. I was like, that kid has a rocket for an arm. Like <laughs> yeah. he just like like whenever he got the ball, he just he was thinking way too much. 
and he was like, he was, he just, it wasn't like flowing. It was the game wasn't flowing. It needs to slow down and that's going to take time. So we'll see if hopefully Tate can, can take that back up right now and he can continue to learn. Yeah. That's, that's probably the best thing for them. You said it better than me. Yeah. Duffy still is a true freshman, but he's, I, I see the potential. I see why he was rated as a four star and why they wanted him. Well, I think that's all you can really hope for, right? Because I mean, we've talked about it before. If if if, if anything happens to Jordan Travis, you, you know, uh, th- this year is, I'd probably say stick a fork in it because I don't think you can trust that AJ's going to come in and be a superstar. He could be, but that's not really what you're hoping he has to do this year. You want him to, like Max said, take the time to let everything slow down for him to where hopefully when this is, if this is his team, maybe next year or the year after, then yes, he's ready to go for it and he's not forced into go, but you know, just to be able to see the potential and, 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 you know, see him start to slow it down is, is obviously great. You know, I think that's, it's, I mean, and look, and, and we're, we're kind of putting you in an impossible spot here. I mean, they're, they don't even have full pads on yet. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you can't devise the, like, there's some kind of like full games worth of tape out here, but I think it's good. It sounds like the, the first week of practice is, is going well. I'm, I'm not really sure you could really ask for, for much more than what, what you've gotten out of there. You've got a lot of energy and competitiveness and it seems like, you know, if you're an FSU fan, you got to be happy with how it's going. Pretty much, exactly. Yeah, you can't really. It's been a it's been a good week. There hasn't been like facepalm moments <laughs> <laughs> as years prior have brought, but I, I think it's going good. I'm excited for them to put the pads on Tuesday because I think the energy at that practice is, is going to be insane as well. Yeah, well, I, I think that's going to be great because then they can actually really turn up that competitiveness and, and really start to show. But it's, you know, we, we and, and I, again, John's not here, so I'll go ahead and steal his line again. But it's we've talked about the lose a lot, the lose a little year. And, and the hope is that this is the win a little year. And it seems like they have the confidence that can bounce those one possession games the other way. And that does turn into the win a little year and hopefully maybe eye that bowl game maybe get above that level. Maybe that's seven and five or, or, or slightly above that. I don't think anyone expects them to go out and compete for Well, I mean, I guess I don't want to get ahead of myself and say compete for the ACC title because <laughs> we're going to talk about the, the power rankings that came out the other day that uh, dropped just after we did ours last week. But uh, I, also on campus weekend, it was recruiting, right? I mean, they had a, they had a lot of guys, Max, I'll actually go to you first because you, you compiled a, a, a pretty long list of everyone that was supposed to be there. I know they ended up landing a commitment that I'm, I'm sure guys have got to be pretty excited about uh, in the recruiting world, but I know you've been, you were tracking this one all weekend. If you're not following Max on Twitter, please do Max plug your Twitter account first because you're active in getting these dudes information checking, hitting the DMS and getting the, who's coming into town and stuff. So who came in, how did, you know, what, what have you heard? And, and uh, we can get to the commitment in a bit. Yeah, so I mean, the, the commitment that they got was obviously CJ Hurd, 2024 DV. So in the 2024 class, they already have two safeties, him and Jordan Pride. Jordan Pride was down in Miami this weekend, so that's going to be an iffy one of why he was there. And on Friday, he was in, in UF, which we don't like to see. So <laughs> we'll have to see what he's going to do there. Uh, I mean, we had, a lot of, we had a lot of commits there, which I really like. We had Keyshawn Mashburn, Luke Romanoak, um, Keldrick Falk and I liked that Lucas Simmons and Roger Kearney were there to really do the camp and like kind of not recruit but like be with the other players so it was cool to see that yeah Kearney and Hurd were both at practice day I, I saw a bunch of them I just I didn't get all of their names I know that those two were there 
Yeah, and hopefully Blake Nicholson too, because he, I mean, no, he was there. Yeah, he's been there four days already. So I mean, there has to be a reason that he's just he obviously has that that relationship with Derek. So hopefully something comes of that. Yeah, we talked about it. You know, I mean, you mentioned it. You mentioned it there. Uh, CJ Hurd, he's a uh, four star safety, and you, you mentioned the twenty twenty four class. But it's you know they are. I know it's 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 hard to get excited about a twenty twenty four class, but you know. Again, as long as we've been doing this podcast, it's been a whole thing about adding to your blue chip percentage, right? They they were well below where they needed to be before, and adding another blue chip guy, I mean that's great. That's that's exactly what this team needs to do. And obviously, you know, it's it's hard to look down the road. You know, what is it? He won't even be on the roster for another three years. So I mean, you're not quite where you want to be like super excited, but it's good to see them recruiting at the level they need. Especially, you know, I mean, look, we talked about it all the offseason too, where there was a miss here, a miss there. I was like, oh, they can't land a big fish, but it, it they are. It just they're in the future. And it's hard <laughs> to jump in and as you're rebuilding a program, grab a 2022 kid if your your team's only, you know, two years into this, you know, a year into trying to get them down. Yeah, I mean, those 2024 kids, they're far from signing and they're far from getting on campus and putting on the pads and, and playing for Florida State. Hopefully they can keep them. Hopefully they can keep those commitments. But what I talked about with someone else the other day is that there's there's a gap between, just like CJ Hurd said that this was his dream school. There's a gap that, I, I mean, just I believe that when a team wins a national championship, so when they won in 2013, I was like growing up saying like, Oh my gosh, like that's Florida state. That's like a football Mecca. Like, and this is like a two to four year gap where players like Cedric Baxter was saying that's his dream school. Travis Hunter said that's his dream school. And then we missed on them or they missed on them. So these people that, that are wanting to go to Florida state and wanting to put on that garner and gold, it's really important to get those commitments. And they got it with CJ Hurd. I think it's a good point too, the cyclical nature of it, right? I mean, you know, I'm no secret. I, I grew up in Louisiana, I was an LSU guy. I mean, you know, their their pattern was Saban won in 03. Then four years later, they win again in 2007. Four years later in 2011, they're in the title game and they lose to Bama. But, you know, at four years later, they were a couple bounces away. They were, I think I want to say they were finished the year like 10 and three, but they were a couple bounces away from, again, being that 12 and one or whatever. And then four years after that in 2019, they're back again. You know, and, and it's that it's kind of what you're talking about. Your, your your success doesn't come immediate. Like if if FSU wins that title, like we said 10 years ago, it pays off. It's not going to pay off three years later, two years later. It will. I mean, obviously it does, but you still reap benefits down the road. And I, and then, like you said, I think they're still gaining from that now. And as they rebuild this program, which there are signs of it, and we talked last week or two weeks ago about how Atkins has done such a good job reconnecting this program with a lot of the younger guys. You're seeing that payoff again. You're seeing the FSU brand resonate with this group because they remember being young and seeing them hoist the championship. Yeah. And just like I said, that's a small group. So it was cool to see that CJ Hurd was still, that's his still just dream school. Cause he visited, I know he was talking with Oregon. He was talking with Florida. He was talking with a bunch of other schools. So and like, like players like Brandon Annis and other receivers, they've said that that's their dream school and then they go elsewhere. So it's really important, just like this season, it's going to be really important for them to win because that gap, if it's not closed already, it's closing yeah. to where other kids may, maybe four years from now, they're not going to think of Florida State when they think of the top schools. 
and they're not going to think of them when they're going to commit or they're five star and they want to look look around. Well, and if we're going to talk about CJ Hurd, I feel like we got to talk about that video, right? The commitment video. I'm sure Tommy, you saw that, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was great. He, I also uh, like the picture of him and Dalvin Cook when he was like like ten or something like that. Did you see? <laughs> Did you see that? No, I had not I missed that one. I was just I was just watching his video again just to make sure I, I had it right. Uh, yeah, he has, a bunch of, he has a bunch of like not baby pictures, but like him when he was a little kid, just like around the team in and like that's how yeah, Julian yeah, Armella was too. Julian Armella has like a bunch of him going to the, to Doak or him like in the locker room and super cool to see. Yeah, that's cool to see them come back around and pay off. In case you you didn't see the video, maybe you're not on Twitter, you're not on Instagram. Uh I, it's I, I'm trying to figure out how to even describe it as the music plays incredibly loud in my ears as I'm trying to talk. So I apologize if I was screaming. Uh, it, it starts with like this uh, fire build of the Florida Gator logo. And then it just like drops to black and then it fills out with the FSU logo. I, I mean, he, he added FSU football in the video, in the tweet itself. So I feel like he kind of knew that it was going to turn, but it's, it's a good little troll. It's the, uh, it's the hat on the table, put it on your head, then toss it away in the, in Twitter video world, I guess. Digital world. Yeah. yeah. It's turned virtual. Yeah. The, the virtual version of tossing it away. Uh, the other guy that I wanted to mention was I just landed this one. I think it was today. So this is Sunday. We're recording this, um, was be the grad transfer Malik Feaster from Jacksonville state. I saw the, the joke already floating around. At least he knows how to win in Tallahassee. Um, <laughs> You know, John says we don't talk about that game, but I, you know, he's not here to stop me. So, uh, adding a little DB depth, I don't really know if there's really anything we can add to it. I mean, six foot, 187 cornerback. He's a grad transfer, so he's got a lot of experience. You know, I, I don't expect there's going to be some kind of crazy impact from a guy who just drops in on July 31st, but, you know, it's extra depth, right? Maybe in some experience as well. Yeah, I think that's one of those injury pieces where they're just making sure that that guy is going to be ready. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Tommy, any any thoughts on him? Um, honestly, I, I I need to look at I need to watch some of his film. But like what David was saying, like they wanted somebody, or he thinks they wanted somebody with experience, and that could immediately, you know, do something for the team that they don't have to they don't have to train or or you know develop like that. They, they just wanted that depth piece. yeah and you know if he's out there and i think you're looking around and i'm sure it's one of those situations where you're looking at your own roster and you're probably like yeah we're probably an injury injury away from a problem here I, you know you grab a kid yeah. who can who can be experienced and not cause a real problem and and i i think i don't i wouldn't read more into this than that um, it's just always good to have depth pieces in those rooms just like the offensive line the linebacker rooms have like you have jamie robinson in that room but other than that, like Shane Brown, Amari Cooper, they're all pretty young. So it's cool to have a veteran leadership there. Yeah, a guy with a lot of starting experience, a guy who's who's obviously, like we said, a grad transfer. So he's he's not exactly new to the game. So, yeah, I mean, just rattle off some stats. He's got 38 games over four years. He's got 120 tackles and, you know, uh, three picks, 18 pass breakups, two fumble recoveries. I mean, nothing – Nothing that's like, whoa, this guy's going to jump into the first round. But I mean, you know, I mean, he's a good, a good football player. And that's all you can really ask for as a depth piece. Max, I cut you off there. Anything? I said one of the fun facts that he's only given up four touchdowns. So, oh, there you go. (laughs) Rivas Island, basically. Never mind. It's Feaster (laughs) Island. Good luck. Don't throw to his side of the field. That's it. 
if you're uh, if you're one of these ACC quarterbacks, I'm about to bring up. Don't even go towards him. It's over. Uh, well, speaking of, we did this last week on the pod, and I and I came up with the idea because I kind of expected this uh, media poll to drop, and it didn't until right after, which worked out great. Um, honestly, the comments I ended up arguing with many of you guys anyway about um, conference realignment again, but you know, it wasn't, we weren't talking that, but regardless, the, the ACC media poll dropped preseason poll, uh, your, your champion, your top picked champion is Clemson 103 votes out of the, uh, what was it? 160 or so. I think it's 165 or whatever, 103 votes. I mean, they're, they're picked to be the champ NC state next 38 Miami next with eight wake four Pitt three, Virginia three. Those are my calves. Um, <laughs> The Seminoles. Well, I mean, you missed it last week, but I was in here talking about how much I love Brennan Armstrong and the guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Florida State, two. North Carolina got two. And Boston College pulled one vote for the championship. I don't don't know what these people were doing. Honestly, it feels kind of off the rails once Florida State got their two votes. I I think you guys probably agree with that. They're also picked, I believe, fifth. I mean, one, two, three, four, fifth in the the Atlantic (laughs) behind Clemson, NC State, Wake, and Louisville. Um, I think that's kind of where we had them last week, roughly. Um, Max, do you have any any issues with kind of how this list fell out? I don't hate the Atlantic list at all. I just I think I have Florida State over Louisville. I mean, that's that's just like I obviously I think the NC State and Clemson are in Wake Forest, but I have Florida State over Louisville. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we talked about last week was where we felt. I mean, Louisville's point difference isn't isn't much. It's about eighty points, whereas Clemson is more than double the points of FSU. So, you know, and, and again, those points come by like where you voted them. So you get more points for being first, but it's one of those things where it looks pretty clear that the voters think that the class of the Atlantic is Clemson and NC state. It looks like they think wake is kind of in that third tier by itself. And then I would say Louisville, Florida state and Boston college are kind of in a cluster. We kind of talked about Boston college last week, maybe being that borderline of slightly worse to maybe about the same, um, and Louisville was that like basically about the same. They're kind of the same team. Uh, and then Syracuse obviously being much worse. Uh, Tommy, anything you think there's that kind of jumps out to you? I think it's pretty accurate. I'm going to go with Max. I think that FSU should be ranked a little bit higher than than uh, Louisville. But, you know, it's, it seems that seems right. You know, where the where our program or where FSU is. is yeah. But I don't think it's anything you can take. Like, I mean, I understand the slide in it. You're picked fifth out of seven. And, and like, overall in the conference, that probably puts you, like, what, 10th out of 14 or whatever. But I don't – It's realistic. I think it's where you, yeah, it's realistic, right. And I think that's where you are. And, you know, again, this isn't a poll of FSU fans. You know, it's a poll of ACC media. And that, this is where they – this is what you look like. But as we talked about last week, I think you got to realize you have Jordan Travis and a solid defense, and that gives you a puncher's chance in every game, which awesome. I don't think you can ask for more than that. Yeah, I actually kind of like it because I don't want all these expectations because <laughs> I, I don't think – I don't I actually don't think that a bunch of people, maybe analysts, maybe reporters, have been throwing a bunch of expectations on them, which I like. So they're not – they don't have that weight on their shoulders. So they they can show whatever they can do or they can – and they don't have that, like, looking back at it. Yeah, they don't feel like that that daunting pressure over them. I, I think that's good. I, I think, you know, and, and kind of, Tommy, what you were talking about, that they have that confidence already. I don't think they need it. And I, it seems like a confident group would be more than happy to wear a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, to quickly jump to the coastal and I, I don't want to make it too long, but uh, the same group here, uh, they kind of t- to kind of tear it. 
Miami is is number one at over a thousand. Pitt kind of close number two. They're putting them kind of together. Um, I think what we talked about last week was obviously last year Pitt was better than Miami, but we, we're kind of thinking Miami takes a step up, Pitt takes a step down. Um, that kind of is the shuffle there, which isn't really surprising. North Carolina, I'd also say is kind of in this cluster. They're only about a hundred points behind Pitt, so maybe two hundred points totally separating Miami through UNC. I think North Carolina maybe a little overrated there. Um, but I don't, I don't hate it. I think third in the, in their division is fine. Um, then the next grouping is Virginia and Virginia tech almost neck and neck at 600 points a piece. I think Virginia is much better than Virginia tech, but again, I'm way high on Virginia than anyone else probably is. And then Georgia tech and Duke, uh, are pretty solidly the bottom in this side, but, uh, Georgia tech got a vote to win the conference. So I don't know how that happened. Um, but they did. I, again, I don't, I don't have any issues with this side either. I think it makes sense. Miami, where they are, I personally, like I said, like Virginia more than most. But um, you have Virginia over UNC. I do. Yeah, I think so. I, I just, I trust their, I trust the, um, I trust the offense more. I think it's just, I, I've just grown to like Brennan Armstrong. I mean, if he gets hurt again, then forget it. I mean, I think he only missed one game last year, but I think it's the same way for any college football team at this point. Your quarterback gets hurt, forget about it. But yeah, I, I like Virginia. I just don't think. I don't know if I would say they're definitely better like we did last week, but I don't, I think they're better than Virginia tech. And I don't know why they're so close in the right. Again, it's a, it's a poll and it just ends up where you end up. So, you know, if more people think they're fourth, then they just end up fourth. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Miami more than likely would seems to be the team to expect to come out of this side, but I don't think there's anyone that's like, yeah, it's definitely Miami, you know, because they have to it'll take a step forward. It'll be interesting to see like postseason where these teams <clears throat> fall, you know, in the rankings to see how accurate the prediction. Yeah, I think a difference in in the Atlantic and the Coastal is that like you see that competition in the quarterback position in the Atlantic, and then yep. in the Coastal, it's I mean, in my opinion, it's Tyler Van Dyke, and then there's a drop off. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you've got Tyler Van Dyke again. I, I like Brennan Armstrong, but I don't think you. I don't think he's anywhere even close to Tyler Van Dyke. I think when you look at the Coastal, it's between Pitt and North Carolina, whose whose quarterback actually is going to be able to fill the shoes they've got to fill. And, you know, I, I don't see that as much on that side anywhere else. You know, there's no one else in over there that makes me like, yeah, it's you're picking it. Like we talked about last week, you're basically picking these teams off the quarterback and your confidence in that. And that's where I think TVD comes in. Um, and then like, yeah, perfect on the Atlantic. I mean, I think you've got confidence in most of these guys. I mean, I look it up down the list, even from Boston college up, I feel like I know who the quarterback is for all these schools. And, that makes a difference. I guess if you're, if you're Miami, you got to look at what's in front of you and feel good about it. I don't think if you're Florida state, you're exactly all that excited about uh crystal ball, possibly having a, a clean path toward a ACC title game in his first year, but that's just how it breaks for you. I don't know what to tell you. Hopefully Van Dyke isn't that good. I guess that's your hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or turns an ankle or, or maybe crystal ball just makes him mad no. and he decides to transfer. No turning an ankle. We don't wish that on anyone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I think that pretty much covered something left. What's that? He spikes the ball with three seconds left every game. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Tyler Van Spike, Tyler Van Spike, TBS, little TBS. Uh, but I think that pretty much covers it for this week, man. Tommy, I appreciate you jumping on to kind of give us that in person perspective and rotate again for John here. Like I said, I I think we've been talking about adding some extra content once season starts, and I think if we can, um, you know, a, a quick week check-in on, on how practice is going, how things obviously we'll get Max back up there so he can go back to school since he's a young kid around here. Um, 
you know, get him back in the classroom and let him learn something or whatever. I don't know. I'm trying to be an old guy around here. I'm not even 30. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be fun. And I definitely want to rotate you back. Yes. We appreciate the insight and, and the uh, what's going on out there. Of course, go ahead and plug your, uh, your, your tweeting, right? You're a Twitter guy. Go ahead and plug your accounts. That way people know where to follow your insights during the week. I, I, uh, I kind of Twitter. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's seven toms. T-O-M-M-S. T-O-M-M-S, seven, T-O-M-M-S, seven times. Uh, Tommy, I appreciate it, man. Max, of course, as always. Um, TBD on what we're doing next week. I'm still trying to work on a couple of interviews I think could be interesting looking more specifically maybe at these quarterbacks. Uh, I think Max is reaching out. Seems like we're going to try and find some make some ways to make this uh, the rest of this preseason fun, interesting, and then the, uh, the check-ins at camp in case anything pops up. We'll be keeping an eye on it, of course. But appreciate you guys listening. The audience is you know, we see the metrics, it's growing. You guys are you guys are supporting us and we appreciate it. If you like it, obviously follow, subscribe, give us a rate, review, tell your friends. Um, you know, it's growing. We're having a good time and we're having fun. It helps us keep doing this and uh, I appreciate it. So for uh, Brian, Tommy, Max, thanks guys. That's a wrap. 